Welcome to the Revolutionary Stewardship Podcast. I'm your host, J.D. Shears, a pastor, certified kingdom advisor, certified stewardship instructor, and an investment advisor representative. We will be discussing topics such as biblically responsible investing, estate planning, and wealth transfer that will benefit you as an obedient steward. Christianity is revolutionary. Shouldn't your stewardship be as well? This broadcast is brought to you by the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Continuing our conversation about the many uses of life insurance and how it applies to our financial plan and how we use it within a financial plan to accomplish many tasks, I'm going to refresh uh, the conversation about life insurance. So life insurance is used for a financial plan so that the financial plan self-completes. And what that means is that many people have financial goals, whether it is sending their children to college, uh, retirement, paying off a home, providing income for a surviving spouse, uh, elimination of debt at death. Uh, there, there are many things uh, that, that are critical in a financial plan. And life insurance self-completes those. So the, the key component of a financial plan is that you live. Uh, with, with all of those aspirations and goals to send a child to college or uh, eliminate debt or provide an income in retirement, the, the issue there is you must be alive for those things to happen. So what do we do to make sure they happen in the event that we're not here? Because people, mortality is 100%. We just don't know our number of days. Only God knows our number of days. So we use life insurance to, to cause a financial plan to be self-completing. And, for example, not everyone passes away at age 90. Sometimes, uh, God forbid, things happen to us at younger ages, sometimes while we have uh, children in the home, that we have a younger family. And what happens if, if you're no longer here or your spouse is no longer here? To provide those that, that income to, to create or fulfill those financial goals. Life insurance is the foundation of a financial plan to make sure, regardless of whether you're here or not, that those goals are completed. So we, we, we use life insurance for that, that particular purpose. Uh, life insurance is an exact science. We can, we can formulate uh, how much life insurance a person needs based on their financial goals. Okay? Now, I want to add an additional component to the use of life insurance. Now, one of the biggest assets in the United States today is retirement plans. 401ks, 403bs, 457 plans, IRAs, Roth IRAs. That is where a majority of assets are held. Most people don't have a higher non-qualified account, which means it's already been taxed. Most people's uh, assets or money is in non-taxed accounts. Like I said, IRAs, 401ks, that type of thing. So... <clears throat> There is an issue with that, okay? The issue is taxation. So currently, 2020, if a person passes away and they have a 401k or qualified account, that qualified account can pass on to a surviving spouse without requiring a, a taxable event or creating a taxable event, okay? So for example, let's say you've got $250,000 in a 401k, and you passed away due to an illness or accident at age 40, that 
account can pass to your surviving spouse without your surviving spouse having to cash it in and paying all the tax. That is the only that is the only way that we can avoid taxation at your death in the event that that uh, you know it needs to pass. So if if you have surviving children and you named your your children as beneficiaries of your 401k that is a taxable event to them when they take it. And the, the IRS says they have to take it. Um, it. It used to be one of three ways. Okay, The first way was lump sum. Your children or non-spouse could take a lump sum distribution. Okay, At that point, it becomes a taxable event on the date of the distribution at their tax rate. Okay, So that, that's, that's issue number one. Number two... Number two is you take it over a five-year period as long as it is liquidated or withdrawn from the qualified account by December 31st, five years after the date of your death. So you got five years after the date of your death to remove if that's the election that you the, that your beneficiaries took. The other way was amortization, and that has changed. So amortization or lifetime income would have been based on your age, okay, uh, sometimes it was it required a minimum distribution if you were over the age of seventy and a half. Uh, your your non-spouse beneficiaries would have taken that distribution based on your age. Okay, uh, as an RMD, that has been changed to it has to be taken out at, at least uh, uh, within ten years. So check with your accountant on on that uh, i am not an accountant i'm a financial planner investment advisor representative um but that that information is is at this point correct so how do we use life insurance to avoid taxation on those accounts well you can't avoid the taxation on the accounts what you can do is you create a pool of money that is non-taxable so life insurance life insurance is a tax-free death benefit. So let's say you had a million dollars of death benefit in a term insurance policy. If that pays out, that is a non-taxable event. They get the full amount. They get the full amount. So if we had a million dollars of 401k and a million dollars of term insurance, in the 401k, let's say that they're in a 25% tax bracket, the distribution would have been $750,000. Okay, I'm not including state tax. I'm just a federal income tax, and it's going to bump them up into the next tax that tax bracket, uh, probably the highest tax bracket for the following year. Wherein, if you would have left them a million dollars of life insurance, they would have gotten one million versus seven hundred fifty thousand. There's a two hundred fifty thousand dollar disparity that went to pay taxes. Now, as a faith-based financial planner, here is, is the conversation that I like to have with people that, that um, are trying to create a pool of money for surviving spouses and include charitable contributions even at their death. See, we have to go back to the beginning in that God owns everything. We don't own it. So it is my opinion it is my opinion that that we leave money even at our death to the kingdom. It could be ten percent. It could be more. Okay. Um, now here's the great thing about donations to a charitable organization. So if if we only had a four hundred one k and we had no life insurance, all right. So now we're trying to, to to figure out. You know, we're leaving money to our non-spouse beneficiaries. Okay, 
children, grandchildren, nieces, nephews, brothers, sisters, mom, dad, whatever it may be, and they're going to be taxed on it. All right. Now, if you had life insurance and you said, "Listen, I, I want to leave, uh, uh, you know, half a million dollars to my children. I want to leave half a million dollars to uh, my spouse. Whatever it is." Life insurance is, is probably the better way to do it because they're not paying tax on it. Now, in, in that conversation, if you said, you know, I wanted to leave, you know, 10% of my, my estate to a charitable organization. Now, here comes the, the, the tax planning, tax efficiency planning. You don't leave the life insurance proceeds to the charitable organization. You leave qualified assets to the charitable organization. And here's why. It is a non-taxable event to a charitable organization. So let's say that you wanted to leave 10%, 10% of a million dollars. So I want to leave $100,000. Um, do I use life insurance or do I use my 401k or IRA to make a donation to the, the things that make me smile, charitable events, maybe the church, maybe a mission group, maybe a, a uh, just a not-for-profit uh, family life center in your area, whatever it may be. I, I would... Uh, I probably recommend that you name that charitable organization as a beneficiary on your qualified account because it is a non-taxable event when you leave it. Okay? So, it is instrumental in the planning to look at whether it is a taxable event or non-taxable event. Okay? If it is a taxable event utilize the qualified money to leave a contribution to the charitable or not-for-profit charitable organization. Don't use life insurance. I see many people have that turned around. If you're going to, if you have a myriad of beneficiaries, leave life insurance money to the living, breathing people. Okay? Now remember, I told you that a, a spouse can take the IRA or 401k without paying taxes on it. Right? At some point, if they're taking RMDs or they're taking a distribution, they will pay taxes at that time. But if we're doing family planning, and as a family, you say, you know what, we we, we really want to support the church. We want to leave um, you know a portion of the assets to the church. Then we use the qualified money to do that because it's dollar for dollar versus leaving it to your children where it's maybe 75 cents on the dollar, depending on the tax rate. You, you truly get to leave dollar for dollar to that charitable organization. Now, everyone's situation is different, okay? Everyone has different beneficiaries, different uh, uh, family demographics. You know, what are you wanting to do? Are you wanting, you know, uh, uh, people say, well, I'm going to, you know, I've got to trust. Uh, this is just a for instance. People say, may say, you know, I've got a charitable trust, or a, not a charitable trust, but a, a living trust, Okay, a revocable living trust. And I'm, I'm going to put my IRA in the trust. Well, that's probably a really bad idea because it becomes taxable to the trust at a very high tax rate. We don't, number one, a trust cannot own an IRA. Okay. Can you leave, can you name a trust as a beneficiary of an IRA? Yes, but I don't, I don't think it's a good idea because it becomes taxable to the trust. Okay. Can we leave life insurance or can a, a trust own life insurance? Yeah, it could be the beneficiary of or own it. And we may even look at an irrevocable life insurance trust to carry out your wishes at your death. Now, that's a little bit more in-depth planning and, and something that you know many 30-year-olds don't do. Uh, but let's, let's put this in a nutshell. 
Life insurance is a wonderful way to create a pool of money, to create an estate of tax-free money. Okay? And leaving a 401k or IRA or qualified money to a charitable organization can be something that we do within a, a planning within the family. So the, the spouse inherits the IRA at the first uh, uh, spouse's uh, passing. Uh, and then we say, okay, do we name a charitable organization at this point? Because the primary beneficiary was the surviving spouse. Now it's children, because there is no other surviving spouse. There's children or charitable organizations, right? Like I said, everyone's situation is different. Everyone's situation is different. But it all goes back to what are my goals? What what type of financial planning am I trying to accomplish? And I, I'm urging you to incorporate the kingdom in your financial planning. It's not ours. See, I have said something that, that has ruffled a few feathers over the last 10 to 12 years. I said, listen, I said, everyone is a, is a Christian. Everyone is a, a, you know, they give their tithes and offerings and at their death, they become a thief because you say, God, you own it. 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 And then at my death, God, I own hundred percent of it. It's not yours. I'm going to give it to somebody else. That's my opinion, but that's how I look at it. Why does it become hundred percent yours at your death? And you don't incorporate the kingdom on your way to your eternal home. Why is that? Now, I can answer that. <laughs> I'll give you an answer. One is, well, I, I, I need to leave uh, provisions for my surviving spouse. I 100% agree with that. 100%. But at the death of your surviving spouse, so now mom and dad are both gone, husband and wife are both gone, now is where I would say, this is, this is where we include the kingdom, incorporate the kingdom into the beneficiary planning. Okay. I'm not talking about wealth transfer. Wealth transfer happens while you're living. I'm talking about estate planning. I'm talking about what do we do with our qualified and non-qualified money at our death. And I'm, I'm telling you today that the, the use or leverage of life insurance in a financial plan is critical. Okay? It's not just a, a, a white brush that just paints everything as one and easy, you know, one, two, three... Uh, and, and we're done. It, it, it doesn't work like that. Financial planning is a moving target. And I say it's a moving target because as you age, your financial plans change. You accumulate more wealth possibly. Um, sometimes there's divorces. Sometimes uh, kids are on their own and they're financially independent. Uh, and you're no longer, you know, you've maybe already paid for their college education. Now things change. It is a moving target. You can't set something up at age 25 and expect that to be your financial plan at age 65. That is probably something that needs to change. All right. We don't let a will dictate that kind of planning. It has to be named beneficiaries or possibly a trust or an irrevocable life insurance trust. We don't let a will dictate who gets what when it comes to money. We can name beneficiaries to that. So listen, this type of conversation is one of those conversations that I, I truly love this type of financial planning because it is a work in progress. It is something that you can actually accomplish and see what you've done. What I mean by that is you're not going to see it 
when you're deceased. But what I'm saying is, <clears throat> I see a level of contentment reached when the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. That a husband and wife or a, 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 a person, a believer says, when I'm gone, I'm not leaving problems for anyone. When I'm gone, I know that that the, the money that I'm leaving from my estate is going to do good things for the kingdom and is going to take care of my loved ones that I need to take care of. I also make a, a pretty a, a, a strong point on, uh, especially as people age, that say, you know, I'm going to leave all my money to my kids. My question to that person who says that, or those people who say that is, uh, are your children living in a box under a bridge? No, no. They're not. Well, then why why do you feel the need to leave 100% to your children if they are financially independent, doing well? Okay, why would you not include the kingdom in your beneficiary designations? Why would you not include the kingdom in your estate planning? Because, and this is just from experience, I have seen a lot of bad things come from naming the wrong people's beneficiaries. Possibly bad stewards. And you understand, the money that you make during your lifetime, there's a lot more value on that to you than it is to your children or your grandchildren. They didn't earn it, okay? And so what we see is, or what I have seen over the last 24 years, is that it's not normally saved and invested properly. It's not normally handled properly. I, it, 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 it induces materialism. It induces... Uh, things that we really didn't intend to happen. You left that money out of love. You know, I, I created those kids, whether adoption or, or, or natural born children, whatever it may be. And I understand, you know, I'm empath or empathetic and sympathetic to people saying, I want to leave that money to my kids. But it may not accomplish what you're trying to accomplish. All right. All I'm asking you to do is to say, what can I do for the kingdom? What makes me smile? Does my church need it? Does a church need it? Does a missionary group need it? Does a charitable organization, pro-life group within my community need it? Do starving children need it? Do do can I you know if if I uh, am involved in the clean water projects and and clothe a child and all these things? All I'm asking you is to pray through the decision making process and to sit in front of an advisor. Sit in front of an advisor that is well-versed in, in kingdom-oriented estate planning and wealth transfer. That is critical. Because the world says, leave everything to your kids. The world says that. Okay? And I mentioned, everything is different. You know, if you are a farmer, you're self-employed, and your children are involved in the business, that's a different issue. It's a different issue. And it furthers my point that every household is different. And it, it needs planning. It needs someone to step, step outside of the box and look at your, your, your particular situation and say, hey, tell me what's important to you. And let's accomplish this by utilizing those things, those tools that are available to us, whether it be life insurance, whether it be beneficiary designations, whether it be a, a trust or revocable life insurance trust, a will, whatever it may be, let's utilize the tools to accomplish what it is that you're trying to do. Then the last thing I'm going to say before I close this program today is don't be a thief at your death. All right? And I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm saying 
if you think that 100% of it is yours at your death, you're wrong. That's not what Scripture says. Scripture says 100% of it belongs to God. We are simply stewards of it. And I am further making a statement that let's be good stewards even at our death. Because everyone tries to be a good steward up until their death and then they become a thief. Now, I don't mean to offend, I don't mean to ruffle your feathers, but that's just kind of the reality that sometimes we become thieves and and we're just simply trying to do the right thing. Okay? If you have questions, if you if you would like an independent review from a biblical perspective of your wealth transfer and your estate planning, and to take a look at beneficiary designations, and are they properly set up, then give me a call, eight one. Uh, I'm sorry, 888-226-7614. You can find our contact information at kingdomplanadvisory.com, kingdomplanadvisory.com, okay? You're not changing advisors, you're not changing anything, you're just simply asking for an independent review of your current situation, and then we'll, we'll make recommendations, or I'll make recommendations to you um, within a timely manner that, that hopefully... Uh, you could take and make the changes necessary. Um, but procrastination is not our friend. We're assuming that we, we're going to be here tomorrow and the day after, maybe five years from now. That, that, that is, is uh, optimistic. But we should plan like we're not going to be here tomorrow. We should plan from our salvation standpoint, from our belief, uh, functioning under our belief system when it comes to Christianity. Uh, we should plan like we're not going to be here tomorrow. That includes financial planning. So once again, 888-226-7614. God bless. Hope you have a great day. Thank you for listening to Revolutionary Stewardship. I encourage you to visit kingdomplanadvisory.com to read our latest articles and sign up for our monthly newsletter. If you would like to arrange a free stewardship consultation, please schedule on our website or you may call 888 226 7614. Securities offered through Vanderbilt Securities LLC, member FINRA, SIPC, and registered with MSRB. Advisory services offered through Vanderbilt Advisory Services. God bless.